What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Middle call, baby Ames! All right. Can I go on the record as saying we'll talk about them? But my first thought, my first sports take on Wednesday morning, early Wednesday morning, we're recording this Wednesday, almost lunchtime, was that uh, Bryce Harper kind of botched the bat flip. I didn't think it was as good as a bat flip as it could have been. I know everyone was freaking out about how many rotations it had. But real I'm gonna, take. I'm, I'm going to red flag that take. Okay, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that then. How many takes do you think, do you normally wake up with takes? Or do you have to kind of first moment of waking up and kind of cruising Twitter to then create your takes? I think it's, for me, I think we're, I don't know if you feel the same way, John. You're like an artist. It's just, you know, they come to you. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, you know, sometimes. I do think the more stuff you consume, the more takes you get. 100%. I also think sometimes you realize, and this happened a lot back at radio, it's a little different now. You see something at night, you're like, oh my God, I'm hot. <laughs> I got something. And then you wake up, you're like, I don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> you know, that happens a lot to me. Like in the moment, like 8.47 at night on my couch when I'm consuming, whether it's something with Harper, like last night with Harper, when he's getting booed. I was like, I got some takes. And then by the time the morning comes around and I'm reading, all, I've consumed some other stuff and you're like, oh, the Raiders signed Ryan Grant. Your mind just moves. And, you know, you know? I, I don't know if you, I think it's so true. I don't know if you agree with this too, but it used to be like that for me, like um, in school, like you'd wake up in the morning and you'd be like, oh, I know what I'm wearing tomorrow. I'd wake up in the morning and go, you know, I don't want to wear the bright orange American Eagle polo like I thought I did. I'm going to wear something else. I don't know why I thought this was a good idea last night. You know, one thing that I vividly remember my dad used to force me to do, probably like, you know, between the ages of like 9 to 12, was tucking my shirt before oh. I left the house. 
and I was like, oh my god, and everyone's wearing like jingos and oh, you know, yeah. I was like, Jinko. I don't, Jinko. I, Jinko's. Like, I'm not tucking in my shirt. You gotta god, wear a cotton shirt. And, you are and now looking back, like, God. You are striking a chord with me right now. Because you're, I went <laughs> Dad, I, just, I just vividly remember, you are not leaving the house looking like that. It's like, Dad, I'm going to school to sit on a debt. Like looking back, I mean it's it's a good life lesson, but also like why do you give a shit? You're going to do your work. Because you, or you represent the family. I know. You represent the name. You, we used to have knockdown drag outs. Well, your dad should have sent you before I moved to Davis in ninth grade. I went two years. I lived in San Antonio. I went to Jordan Middle School, the Jordan Jaguars. And uh, you had to have your shirt tucked in at Jordan Middle School. And was I did. No, no. Just old school values back in. Well, uh, it was more, uh, you know, I think they were trying to. Uh, it would. I don't remember it being like the the upper crust of society. I don't think. Uh, I think they were just trying to, like, teach some kids, like, how to you know, function and professional and not professional environments, but it was, it was not, you know, there were baggy clothes rules and some other things, um, which are typical, you know, I think I get okay. not, probably not as much anymore. Yeah. But, but, you know, I, but this was peace, love and happiness, all seventh, around. eighth grade middle cough. So I was in San Antonio wearing Jinkos and sketcher boots with, I would wear a lot of jerseys. I had a Steve young Jersey that I wore quite a bit. So I'd have a Steve young Jersey tucked in, to Jinkos, <laughs> that had to be quite the look. While wearing Skechers boots, I remember a couple times, you know, probably thirteen, fourteen, when I pulled a couple. Like, this is this is not fair. I'm leaving, and he'd go, "See ya," and I'd like walk out the door. Such a such a great move. And you'd be like, well, "I got no money. It's kind of cold outside. Where am I get? There's you don't have a phone back then. Like, where are you gonna go?" And then about 10 minutes later, you kind of got some tears in your eyes because you're so amped up. You just come back defeated. You lost. Slam the you door. Realize, yeah. You just walked to your room. How did slamming like, the door go over in the middle cop house? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'd say slamming the door, and I used to get under his skin by calling him buddy. Like, okay, buddy. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is bold. Yeah, there, there was uh, – I I've, I say this to just about anyone, especially when I date, like – especially with women that I know I'm probably going to have kids with, I got one coming for me. Like the karma gods, like who I'm going to have, whether it's a boy or a girl, and I deserve it. Like I was a difficult motherfucker. And I, I so I'm I'm prepared, you know, because usually if you have three kids, you, you got sis. Like every kid's different. Like my brother's very even keel. He was easy. So, but if you get, if you make at least two, one of them for me is gonna be could just be the worst. <laughs> like it, and I and you know what? I'm I'm prepared for it. I karma. I signed up for it with my actions. Who I was, I would have beat the shit out of myself. Like I, I deserved. I didn't really get them, you know. Because once you get to a certain age, like can't beat up like a 15 year old. But I deserved to like get a bat to my knee, mafia style. <laughs> One of the greatest days of my life was the day my middle sister, Aviel, slammed the door. My dad said, do not slam it. You do not want to slam that door again. And she slammed it again. And next thing I know, he's like marching up to her room with pliers. He takes the door off the hinges, marches down the steps. I'm sitting at the bottom of the steps. I am losing it. Just laughing my ass. You know, my mom's like, guy, you cut it out. And he comes back down the steps with the door, walked into the garage, put the put her bedroom door in the garage it was i mean one of the 
we laugh about it now. She was losing her mind. Uh, you think girls are a lot different? You guys? can't do that. Do you think girls are a lot different? Guys are all kind of the same when you're super young. Uh. Oh well, I mean, I think there are differences, like how you talk to yeah. girls and boys, probably. But but uh, are they are they like friendlier or not as friendly? Because I've heard stories they can be like meaner, but they, I've also heard good stories. I, I mean, guys know. can be shitty. I, it's probably, having, it's, I I think every human's different, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like dogs. Like my parent, my brother now is a dog. My mom is a dog. Like the two dogs' personalities are completely different. Just yeah. every every living being, their personalities is gonna be different. Mine was entitled and a little <laughs> shithead. And then you had your and then little Jeff was well. He balanced chill. it. That's why he's been uh you know kind of the shooting star of the family. I, for I the will. Last 10 plus years. I will tell you. I watched the other day Ray Romano stand up on Netflix. Have you seen it? Was that where he's in, like, the small little venue? Yeah, he hits two, like, there's a venue and then a sister venue, and he hits them, but he does half in one, and and then he walks around the corner and does the other half. Where he said he kind of got his start when no one knew who he was? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I watched a little bit of it one night, but I was like, Part two is actually funnier than part one. Yeah, I I honestly turned it off because I thought part one wasn't that funny. Yeah, part two is funnier, but he just gets, he he gets into, like, all his different kids, and it's it's pretty good. I I, I like Ray Ramon. I've never thought, I do, too. I is is he a stand up humor guy or is he better suited for Yeah, I mean he's got he's got real stand up humor. I know this. Whatever, I don't think you're that funny or in whatever business you do, but like that business, the best of the best. Like if Jerry Seinfeld, like all these guys love Ray Romano. They think really highly of Ray Romano, so clearly he's pretty a high level comedian. Like in the comedian world, he's highly thought of. So, and I've never thought he was that funny, but I've always really? respected him because everyone likes him. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like a good guy. Yeah, just really likable, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but don't you agree? Doesn't it feel like all the com- comics like him? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I've never thought otherwise, I guess. Did you see that Chris Rock at the NAACP Awards where the, where the bosses told him, like, you cannot talk about Jesse Smollett? The first thing he did is come out and no. he just, like, he drops – they told me I couldn't talk about Jesse Smollett, and then he just goes off on Jesse Smollett. What? <laughs> it, it was, it was pretty good. Right, he I said, gotta go dude, watch that. He, he said the dude wasted great light skin. He said he he refuses to add the U anymore. He's just juicy or whatever. He's gonna call him Jesse. I mean, he just just oh, because it's him. like Jesse. Yeah, he's like that. That's like an elitist. Like he doesn't no longer gets the U. I, I'm I'm removing the U. I mean, he just eviscerated him. Oh, I can't wait. But to he go starts with specifically said they look at him and say, "Do not touch this topic." And I, I was like, "This is why any good comedian you tell just I'd say most humans if you have any kind of shit to you, you say you can't do something. I'm immediately going to do it, especially when you're at how rich is like why does he give a fuck? Like what are you going to do? Not pay me for my what, appearance? What you signed up for? You didn't sign up for Chris Rock to like keep him on a leash, you know. No. I like, guess the best. Uh, this podcast, I, I, often, I do often wonder if he could pull off some of the things that he want. I mean, guy, he blamed Hillary Clinton for not giving Bill a BJ for Monica Lewinsky, like one of his most famous standups. Like, could he pull off the shit he was saying that made him super famous? I don't know. In this climate, it's a good question. I mean, I think Chappelle goes there, and that's why you can't have your cell phone with you. You're saying when you go see Yeah, a show? I think like a Chappelle show. Like part of the point is like, remember they, I don't remember what show. It was like somewhere in the Northeast. Or maybe it was in Detroit. But I think, I think part of that is those guys don't like their material to get out there because then they can't travel. 
Yeah, right? no, there's or no doubt. But, but with Chappelle specifically, remember, he made a joke about at a LGBT show or something. that was filmed. It's just one of these deals. It gets out, and now people ask him to apologize. And he's like, no, you, you can't just drop in out of context on a comedy show and then – you know, take a joke about it's insensitive. He's like, it's not, that's not what I'm doing. Like, I, no, forget you guys. Why? Well, no, I, no, cameras. I got, I got one for you, guy. I don't think comedians have to apologize for their material. Well, see, that's where it gets like, it gets a little dicey, right? Because I think, because I would fundamentally agree, like, that's part of the point of pushing the envelope. The, the thing is, there's not, comedians are not like a licensed group like doctors where you like in the group and now you are allowed to give advice. So this is what happens on Twitter is people think they're being funny because com- comedians are doing it. I can be funny on Twitter. What, what's different between me and a comedian? And then there's like, it just gets, a, I agree with you, but I would also say that gets, there can be a little murky area. There's some gray area there where, well, I'm just telling a joke. Why can a comedian make a joke, but I can't make a joke, but that's inappropriate. Yeah, you're right. There's some like now, like can Louis CK just openly talk about jerking off? Like, uh, <laughs> Because he kind of did. I saw well, something. But it, it's one of those, like, well, people, if people will accept it, if people are buying tickets to the show, then, yeah, you can. Yeah. Because ultimately, most people apologize ultimately, not because, not all apologies. Most apologies come from a place of, ah, oh, this is going to cost me something if I don't apologize. Well, I think Kevin Hart did it because he was supposed to host the Oscars. And then he realized, like, my apology was never going to end. They kept wanting more. He's like, fuck you. I'm not apologizing. I'm out. I'm not going to do it. And I was like, I, I like Kevin Hart for this. What do you want the guy to do? He gave an apology. Double kinda. apology. Well, did you see that Lute Olsen's going into the 2019 College Basketball Hall of Fame? Isn't he in bad shape? Yeah, I don't think he's in great health. I don't know, but I think that's true. But I was like, wait a second. 2019, isn't Lute in? And he is in, but he's getting reinducted. I don't know. Maybe they need to fill out the class. I didn't see that, no. All right. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Ease, everybody. E-A-Z-E. Ease is the best delivery platform to get the best legal, licensed, fully tested marijuana products. We appreciate their support on this podcast. We appreciate your support of Ease. We hope it has treated you well. Anyone 21 or over can get verified online in minutes. Guy, topicals, edibles, pre-rolls, vapes, big vape guy, Ease.com, promo code HAM, it's one of the best deals, I'd argue, in America. First-time users get $20 off, over $50, free delivery. And unlike all these food delivery services that we all use, I was in the city over the weekend. The great thing about you guys having the city is people ride bikes to deliver because it's quicker probably than driving. Caviar went by me. Must have been delivering some food. Is It takes forever. We've all ordered food. and take Ease guy, last my delivery, it took under 15 minutes. Like they hang their hat on quick deliveries. You can follow how close the guy is or girl. Uh, and again, use our promo code. You get $20 off your first purchase. Over $50, you get a free delivery. How do you beat it? There you go. Uh, and again, you sign up even if it's not in your area. If you sign up, you'll get notified when it is in your area. If you've already used it, tell your friends. Regular discounts, as John said, when you're part of the when you're in the system, E-A-Z-E.com, ease.com, 20 bucks off the first. And then uh, – 50 bucks always if the order's over 50 bucks it's free. Yeah, final 4 this weekend Milkoff. Final 4. Masters you is ready? coming up. You ready for the final 4? Yeah. I'm ready. What do I got to do to get ready for the final 4? I'm ready. I got a week. Yeah, no, nothing. I do like Did you see Tom Izzo yesterday? And I appreciated it. He's like you know, he's had one of the great runs, and we've talked about this before. There is a different – there's a lot of guys with one championship, right, that are all-time great coaches. Uh, Beheim, Self, Calipari, like that are some of the most famous coaches of the 
of the generation. Izzo. And then there's the group of like Coach K, Roy Williams, you know, that are just kind of on a different level. They got multiple championships. Now, I think Jay Wright's now in that. When yeah. you got Izzo's like, yeah, I, I think to validate my career, not for other people, but for myself, I need to win this champ. Like, I need, like, I got to win this thing. Because to me, it would take him on a different level, right? Because yeah. he's made all these Final Fours. I was thinking, if you've ever read anything about Tom Izzo and the way he builds his program, they really kind of operate better. I'm not comparing because he's better. He's more accomplished. Like the Pat Hill, he always worked better as the underdog. And sometimes when Tom's had the one-and-done guys, it hasn't quite been the same. And this year, I bet on him, but I, I didn't feel great about it because you're like, oh, they're in Duke's bracket. It's fuck. They're going to make it to the Elite Eight. They've had a great season. And then they, no one gave – like that's when he does his best work. And now it's kind of – I don't think they even have really an NBA guy. Their best player, Cash, is, is Winston. Correct. The, little, the point guard. Yeah. He's not, even a top, he's not even a top 60 NBA prospect. They say but he's, he's probably going to have to go to Europe. No, I know he's a great college yeah. player. And that's that's usually what he's kind of hung his hat. Even Draymond, like over the – like he was a great college player. People didn't view him – he's become a great NBA player, but he's a second-round pick. Like that's when he does his best work when no one believes in him. And now it's kind of luckily the way the bracket's broken. You, they're probably the best team left, them or Virginia. Probably a coin flip between those two teams. But it's it's very – to me it would validate it because this is the type team he should – like he's not a one-and-done coach really. That's not when he's done his best stuff. It's this type team. Okay, we'll fucking hit Duke in the teeth. You know that he was 1-11 against Coach K before that game? No, I didn't know that. Like, cause I kept tweeting, like I'm so fired up for this game, cause I'm betting on him. People are like, well, better be careful. He's Coach K owns it. It's one of those. If you lived in, you know, Raleigh or Sparty character, you know, that's just a. It'd be you a topic. Know. If Guy Haberman hosted the Michigan State radio station, it would be the number one. Like, would Coach K always beats Tom? Well, that was a big moment for him. You know. Yeah. I Probably, I, I'd say beside the national championship that Magic won and Tom won. One of the biggest wins in program history to beat Zion and that team in the Elite Eight as the underdog. It's a pretty big win. Well, if you win the national championship too, right? Like that makes it even bigger. If you, you win say, the title and Zion and RJ and those guys go on to be all stars, you know, that yeah. whole thing. Yeah, I, I'd say that would be, yeah, if you win the title, it's the second biggest win of the year because I'd say it'd be bigger than beating Tech, right? Beating Tech, sweet. Yeah, but it's the- just not, it's, that one's not, even if like Jarrett Culver goes on to, whatever, be an NBA all-star, and Chris Beard is a Hall of Fame coach. He's just not going to... Is that their NBA guy, Culver? Is that their yeah. best player? People think yeah. it's a lottery pick. Um, but People think a lot of lottery picks. Like, I, I'm That's watching... True. I'm not exactly John Wooden, like uh, that Hunter guy from Virginia. I'm like, I don't really see this. But they say... I mean, everyone's like, he's their NBA guy. And I'm watching, like, yeah, he's a good player, but... College NBA can guy. be weird sometimes, too. It is, it, it is. It is difficult. It is difficult. Do you know that Cam Reddish was a bigger recruit? Again, it's all relative. Like he was just a higher rated recruit than Zion. Yeah, people think that if you could have, if there were no such thing as one and done, Cam would have gone ahead of RJ and Zion in the NBA draft this year. You know what I mean? Like, like or, or, sorry, like yeah. last year potentially. If like they, if you take yeah, those guys would have been eligible. He would have been the number one overall. He would have gone ahead of those. Guys. Yeah, that's like, pretty crazy. Like his draft stock has been hurt. Like, again, he'll be a top 10 pick probably, but by going to college. But I, I think it just shows you, and it's the one special thing I think, not special, but back in the day it was easier to draft NBA players in like the 80s because you had 
a body of work. Like a, a you at minimum you're going for three. You had three years to watch Jordan or any Patrick Ewing or any of these guys. Same with football. You look at the recruiting rankings and then you see the where guys get drafted. Sometimes the number one like. Dexter Lawrence, the guy, the number one recruit, and Rashawn Gary. Like, those guys lived up to the hype and are going to be high picks. But a lot of other guys just disappear. And then guys that, damn, I didn't think Montez Sweat, which wasn't, you know, or a guy like that. They, you know, just the more information you have, sep- guys separate from themselves. And maybe maybe we'll look back and go, Cam Reddish turned out to be a really good player. Just kind of a weird situation because Zion was so good. There's only one ball. It's like, it's hard to have a team where, like, three guys look like future all-stars, right? Yeah. When they only when they only get to play together one year. Like, maybe if they came back, Cam Reddish would look dramatically better next year. Like, if they went Florida, like, we're coming back! Which I think would be pretty cool. I know it's not going to happen. But how, wouldn't you be fired up if all three of them stood up like, we made a pack, we want to win the natty? Be incredible. Do you remember when that used to happen? Like, that. if I tweeted out right now they should do it, Every response would be like, "You're a fucking moron." Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Florida did, guys, oh, it was the guys did it. The Florida basketball guys did it. Noah um, and Horford, no, and they but they, but they won. They won too. Yeah, the uh, Clemson D lineman. That wasn't that a thing this year. That... But I would say the difference is like the Clemson D lineman were like fringe first. You know, yeah. they were going to go high, but the Florida guys were like, "Guys, you guys are all going to go on the." I mean, two of you are going to go really high. Well, uh, we'll, we'll uh, and we'll do some my bookie stuff for the uh, tournament in the next pod leading into the no, uh, Noah was like, well, I can just get stoned at Gainesville. It's pretty fun. <laughs> Worked out pretty well for everybody. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this is what's interesting then when you start talking about ratings and draft because we were talking about the Raiders working out Kyler Murray the other day, and Kyler's just like, oh, my God, Kyler became a top pick candidate after nobody thought he was going to be a quarterback. He was a five I was just looking at 24-7 sports composite ranking. He was a five-star recruit. He was the number one dual-threat quarterback in the class coming out of high school. He went to Texas A&M. Like, this was, this was a blue-chip prospect all the way, Kyler Murray, right? Like, when, a, when, a, when A&M was getting the elite guys, right, with someone. Like, he was getting Miles Garrett. He was getting the top of the fucking the best of the best. And I know it wasn't when we, we don't look at quarterbacks – even then like we do now, but at the time still like dual threat guy was still, it wasn't a dirty word in 2015 or whatever year that was. Well, it's, and it's not a dirty word in, in high school. No, no, no. And certainly it's not a dirty word anymore in college. No, like, no, as it not relates at all. To the NFL or it's, it's as, as clean as it's ever been. But the Raiders tweeted out a photo the other day of him and Tim Brown. And it's the caption was like, do you remember what it was like Heisman thing or something along it, the way? Like, yeah, like uh, yeah, it's a Heisman thing or I see you Heisman or, or something. just yeah, Heisman, something. just Heisman stuff. Yeah, and I was reading Florio wrote a thing this afternoon, like today, just before we did the podcast. That Derek tweeted, Derek Carr tweeted, "I'm when watching you." When, you, when you get when you get up at five thirty, you consider eleven forty five the afternoon. When you get up at about eight thirty, you consider it the morning. Well, the reason I said afternoon <laughs> is because it was posted one fifty one p.m. Eastern. So for him. yeah, I got you. Uh, it, but so Derek tweeted, I, I had missed this tweet until I saw the Florio. I'm watching you, Fokker. Uh, and people are like, what's he tweeting about? And um, well, what Florio wrote is, well, maybe it's about that tweet. And I, I don't think it's in great taste to tweet out a Kyler Murray photo, even though I think you could easily argue it's Tim Brown. It's a couple Heisman guys. But 
I don't love tweeting out like you're an NFL team. This isn't recruit visits. You're not trying to like convince the guy, show him what a big star you can make him. Uh, if I had to choose, John, I would say don't tweet that. I, like I get that Derek, like he has stuff to prove, but I don't think it's the Twitter team's place to like put him in a tough spot. And it doesn't put it. It does kind of. You know, this is big boy stuff, so whatever. But it's not an ideal spot for the quarterback that's on your team. Yeah, you know, you kind of convinced me. I didn't think that much of it, but then once I started connecting the dots, when you alerted me to that. I'm a hater, John. Yeah, a little unnecessary. Just not needed. And, you know, Charles Woodson had a pretty good tweet yesterday, and this is why it got me thinking about this. He's like, a lot of people up in arms about Antonio Brown forcing his way out of the Steelers. But then Derek, I don't even know what these two have to do with each other. But he's like, but then Carr has to watch and hear his team work out all the potential franchise quarterbacks 24-7. And then he's like, moral of the story, don't ever get comfortable. But I think he's also a Derek guy going, "What? you know, I get working him out to me no be no big deal, but this connection of, and I follow probably 60% of NFL teams on Twitter. Most, and I know Do you the follow way, the Dolphins? I, I don't know. Do you yeah, follow? I mean, I, yeah, it's probably closer to like 30%. It's probably just like the Patriots, Cowboys, and the two Bay Area teams. At the do end you of the follow day, the, the Cardinals? I do, yeah. Okay. Do you follow the Colts? I don't. Do you follow – I bet you still follow the Vikings from when Flip was there. No, I never did. Yeah, Bailed, you're right. I mean, it might it might be close to like – Bailed on them after they cut Sandejo. It might just uh, be the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Niners, the Raiders, and the Pats? Patriots. Patriots? Yeah. Okay. I follow the Patriots. All right, keep going. But – I, the Pittsburgh Steelers, like organizations like that, they're not doing that. And I just know from my time with Howie and just following the Eagles, like they wouldn't do shit like that, even when you're working guys out. Because, again, your players are sensitive. There, There is a sensitivity to all this. And I remember being a part of it when you're bringing in guys to your facility, like when you do these – not the private workouts are away from the facility. But in a couple weeks, hell, next week, a lot of these players will be in your building. Well, just because you have OTAs going on, or even it's called like the phase one, you're still bringing college players in. So I would just vividly remember sometimes like your starting middle linebacker would be eating breakfast and Bobby Wagner would walk in and you just, these players are kind of, and especially 10 times more now with social media, it's like this kind of can be a little awkward sometimes and you have to be careful with it. And now the, the, the Raiders tweet was, and again, it's kind of unique because they are Heisman. Who knows? Tim Brown just grabs them. But that's one where – and I, Gruden's not even thinking about Twitter. To me, the Twitter guy for them has too much – like, don't fucking tweet that. You know, even if you're going to – it's just – it was it is, unnecessary. It is a cool photo, I guess, but it's – I don't know what you really gain from it. Yeah, you gain just putting your quarterback in a weird spot who, again, like, has struggled, and I don't think he's played anywhere near as well as, like, Raiders Twitter thought he played last year. I, didn't, I think he was bad. I, th- I thought he was below average. Now, he had things working against him. His tackles were horrendous. Uh, he actually, I thought, showed like some toughness because he kept getting blasted and kept j- jumping back up. But just his play was not very great relative to what we've seen in the past. So in any time you draft high, if you draft in the top five, you are not doing it correctly if you are not working guys out. Now, you could say, well, the Niners aren't. You know, well... Jimmy Garoppolo was acquired by that group, right? John did not acquire Derek. Now, he claims he likes him, but he claimed he liked a lot of people, and he gets rid of them. So his words have proven to be nothing. 
but this is one where it's like, does the Twitter guy have a little too much juice here? It's a little, it's a little low level, but it, but I think it's easy to justify because the Heisman thing. But there's an elephant in the room here. Like I think we all think, if for whatever reason, which feels very unlikely at this point, right? The Kyler Murray's not an Arizona Cardinal. Let's say they did not take him and they just went with Rosen and took Bosa. Wouldn't you feel like who? where would Kyler Murray end up? It feels like the Raiders. It does feel that way. And I think, you know, it's not black and white. I think you can easily make the Devils make the counterpoint. It's not even a, I think you can easily make the counterpoint. Look, it's not that big of a deal. And this is part of being a pro athlete is sometimes you're in spots that aren't easy. And, and that's true. Like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. And I don't. But I, I just. Do you, me- do you remember Seattle worked out the top quarterbacks a couple years ago and it pissed Russell off? Remember that? Like they worked out Wentz. I was like, God, Seattle kind of into Wentz. Well, I, I by remember the way, that, I mean, that was a story. It's kind of smart by them because here we are now with Russell and they got to get a contract done. But I think that was kind of the elephant in the room. Like he was eventually going to get this other massive contract. They were just kind of doing their due diligence. But I just remember like Pro Football wrote a comment that, like, word was Russell wasn't too happy. And he was he was a Super Bowl champion, a Pro Bowler by then. John, you could make the case, like, if all everything is on the table, that the Niners, you know, like, just put yourself in the situation. They man. got a hurt quarterback who's getting paid a lot of money. Now that's the thing; he's getting paid a lot of money, so it's not really even an option. But why? Well, I, I saw I saw someone tweet yesterday. I'm not saying they should do it. I'm just saying like you no, make the case. everybody someone, should be doing it. I, I saw someone tweet yesterday that they can get out of the Jimmy Garoppolo contract for less money than it would cost the Cardinals to get rid of Josh Rosen. Like, are why aren't the Niners doing a little more due diligence? And I I, I think that, like you said, very fair. Are they? being negligent almost by not being a little aggressive, or maybe they just got this curveball. They took him and no one knew, but, but if he's not there at two, it won't even matter. But that's the thing. You don't know that right now for sure. I saw Florio wrote like, or maybe Schefter or someone that the, the Cardinals are kind of letting people know there is no deadline during OTAs. They're going to trade Rosen. Like they, they might just have Rosen when the time the draft comes. I, I do think, tell me, just I just thought of this. I haven't even think with me here now. If you're the Niners and you have no intention of drafting Kyler Murray, then do you hurt yourself by working him out in that if you work him out, then maybe, and let's, and the, if you work him out and the Cardinals don't actually want to draft him, which I, we both think they want to draft him, the Cardinals could convince teams, look, you can't, you got to get up to one if you want Kyler because the Niners might take him at two. And you just kind of hurt any leverage in the remote scenario that the Cardinals don't take them that you would have because teams might then skip you and go to one to go get them instead of thinking like, well, if the Cardinals pass, then we'll just deal with that because we know the Niners aren't taking them. Yeah, there there is an element where you got to play mental chess games with what people think because when you can convince people that, oh, this team's going to do that and you're really not thinking that, and it can also go the other way when teams go – Remember, was it like three years ago? Everyone was like, oh, the Giants love this Floyd guy from Georgia. They're going to take the pass rusher. Well, the Bears jumped him and took him, and the Giants were like, uh, what the fuck? And they took Eli Apple, and they hated him because they didn't want any part of it. They, they, they just played their cards too early, and everyone knew. So you got to be careful. Like right now, that's kind of going on. Everyone thinks Tampa Bay Bucks are going to take Devin White at five. Well, if you love Devin White and you're drafting like 10, who knows? The, what if you're like, okay, hey, John, we'll trade you this and we'll give you another, you know, do a big deal. Like, you got to be careful with that. It's fair to say 
the Niners have done a pretty good job keeping their cards close to their vest. And same with the Raiders. Like, I, I don't have a great idea what the Raiders— Like, the Raiders, that's just part of Gruden. They can do anything. But I don't know. Like, when teams let it out, it, it's why— and again, I've seen how we do it. you got to be very careful this time of year of the information you're giving and just even tweeting and just letting out because it is important to keep your cards close to the vest. And I, I'll give the Cardinals credit. They've done a – even though everyone thinks it, you you wouldn't bet, you know, your ret check next month that they're for sure going to take Kyler Murray, right? I mean, you would feel confident Ooh, about it. It feels like bet. a good value, though, if I'm willing to bet a rent check. Okay, would you do it right now? Would you? Would you? Would give I a actually do it? Money? Yeah, I wouldn't. I just wouldn't bet my rent check on most things. But uh, I feel pretty good about it. Do you? You don't? Yeah, I. I, I, th- I just think I, I feel pretty good about it too. Like if I would, would I do it? Put it this way: it, it does feel like a classic bet, though. It's almost too good to be true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Trust me, I've made a lot of those bets that have gone the opposite way. <laughs> All right, well, uh, from folding, from uh, holding the cards to folding the cards, John, sometimes you got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. The AF folded. Or Another guy with season. great gray hair, Kenny Rogers. Yeah. Huh? Was that Kenny Rogers' song? Yeah. You got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Um, I, I was listening the other last night on uh, – my heroes have always been Cowboys, Willie Nelson, kind of similar, you know, slow. Not really great voices, but they're entertaining. Kenny had a better voice than Willie. On the road again. Yeah. I got on the road again. I guess people just liked him because he would always get Um AF. Now, the, 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 my favorite AF tweet was the one, and I don't know who tweeted it, but it was like, players made $47,000 in seven weeks and now have to find their way home. And I think the point of the tweet was like this, boy, rough life. And I'm like, hold on, let me do the math on that real quick. Seven, forty-seven, divided by—that's a three hundred and fifty thousand dollars pays, John. I, I, with all due respect, because people lost their jobs, I'm not sure how much sympathy is there outside of that sucks. It does suck. Like I'm not trying to be harsh about it. It sucks, but let's come on. <laughs> Guy. I, I thought some of the pro AAF player tweets yesterday were laughable. Like like what? Like Robert Klemko tweeted like sources. The players will have to pay for their own flights home. And I was like, well, yeah, no shit. The fucking league went belly up. Who I, I say this all the time. Well, we saved like, money Ky- for everybody's flights. Yeah, when like Kyrie and Kevin get mad, like I the cameras are always in my face. Yeah, guys, where does the money come from? Like, I get, and that's different because there's so much money. But it's like, hey, guys, let's have a little awareness, self-awareness here. That like, yeah, it sucks. It would bother probably most humans. But this is why the big cash. Hey, Robert, this is not like the Dallas Cowboys just cut everyone from training camp and said, you know, this year we're not paying for you to fly home. You did not make our team. We're not keeping you on the practice squad because, like, in the NFL. You pay for their flight home. If you bring them on a workout or whatever, this is not the NFL. This is a bankrupt league. There is no cash. Well, so yeah, there's no flight home. And again, you and I have been part of some things that money. It's just, I'd argue it's the best lesson that these guys will ever learn the rest of their life that nothing's fucking guaranteed. And, and they were part of something that let's call it what it is. You were getting in at the ground floor. Yeah, it sounded good, but we all kind of knew like 
history tends to repeat itself sometimes, this might not work out, right? So I don't think a lot of these players probably had a great time. It was a great opportunity for them. But they knew getting in, and if their agent didn't tell them, like doing them a disservice, like, hey, guys, enjoy every day. This could end at any moment. Just save some of the cash. They were also, a lot of these guys were getting to double dip if they were potentially going to try to be on practice squad this year. It, it was not, the league went belly up. <laughs> there is no more cash. I, I don't see, it was kind of like, a lot of people also were kind of going nuts on this Tom Dundon guy, the guy that owns, I kept saying he owned the Tampa Bay Lightning. I guess he owns the Carolina Hurricanes. Not a oh. huge, not well, a huge I'm, NHL guy. Honestly, you could have told me either one right there and. You would have believed it? Yes. Then again, like most people aren't big NHL guys. But I don't blame him at all. Anyone that makes a deal out of desperation is anyone will teach you. And if you've, I think you and I have experienced at different times are usually bad deals. The best deals you make are when you're not rushed into something, when you feel you're like, I don't have to do this. They were, they were screwed by week two. They did not have any money. It was like a, was it Frank McCourt, the former Dodger owner? Couldn't yeah. pay like his vendors. Right. They were like that by week two. So what happened? They got desperate and they gave, this guy gave him some money. Well, when you accept someone's money on that scale, that be, then becomes the majority. Remember, because immediately like he became the chairman. like He had all the say. Right. Well, that's on you guys. You guys got in this situation. So, yeah, he wants to pull his money. He doesn't want to. That's not on him. Like, And Robert Clemson was writing like, this guy made his money on subprime loans for cars to poor people. Yeah, like, I, I'm sorry. That's. You know, you don't need the car. You bought the car from him. Like, he's just, he's not doing anything illegal. I saw, I think Ben Albright tweeted that there was, that the suspension of operations is not a financial issue. The league founders are not in agreement with Tom Dundon on his he, decision. He, he kind of doubled that. He's like, I was led astray. Oh, he backed off that? Yeah, he kind of said that I think you all can figure out who was telling me what. Gotcha. Like he was talking to people in the AFF. Like I was wrong. Um, he, I saw him tweet that yet. Like he was like, AAF. I had I had wrong information. Gotcha. Because Spurrier Spurrier made a comment about being led to believe that there was three years worth of money. Why? I, that's why a lot of these people, friend of our program, a good friend of mine, think of what Phil Savage left. He was the radio voice and wrote a book. Radio analyst. Radio analyst. Yeah, the voice is Eli. But he was with Eli Gold. Yeah, great job, I would think. Called Alabama radio. I I don't know what an Alabama radio game rates. What would you guess? Probably a 30 in Tuscaloosa? Like it's higher. a pretty big No, no, no. I'm guessing higher. 50? I mean, seriously. In the I mean, state now, of Alabama. Now you wouldn't think most people might be in the stadium, but, I mean, it's got to be off the charts. Yeah. He also ran this thing called the Senior Bowl. Like, he had other shit going. He left. He, he thought this was a great opportunity because he had been sold a bill of goods. I think, guy, there are some parallels to the AAF, and I have not absolved them, but everyone's like, well, it's Charlie Ebersole and Bill Polian. We, what did they bring Bill Polian in to do? Like he's Bill Polian wasn't like Roger Goodell of the NFL. He's a Hall of Fame GM. So what does he good at? Hiring coaches and picking players. And that's what I think the AAF did a pretty good job of, right? They got the Spurriers. They got the Phil Savages. They got Singletary. Like they just got a lot of like, okay, they got Le- Neuheisel. They, they had legitimate football people and uh, polian was not like the guy he was a name but to me in charge of getting the venture capitalist cash that was dick's kid who to me kind of feels like i'm not saying he's a criminal or anything but a little billy mcfarlane like 
Is that is that a fair kind of parallel? That's what it feels like. A I, I will bit. say Billy. I mean, Billy was like there again. Was, I, there was yeah, never a product. <laughs> it turned I, out was Billy. I, I I am just saying there are yeah, and he's a criminal. I'm not saying Charlie is a criminal by any means, I, but I am saying he was like Billy because there are some people close to Billy that thought. He had good intentions. Like, I, Charlie wanted to run the league. That's not arguable. He did run it. I mean, the league happened. But I do think he was clearly way over his skis. And a, a word my cousin, who in my family's in the beer business, they, they do other deals. They often use – people in business love to use OPM, other people's money, <laughs> that run it, that then become like – the that run that business. Like, Charlie Ebersol used OPM – to run something. So if it went belly up, guess who this is not on? Charlie Ebersole. Did you notice his dad? Now I Googled it. I don't think Dick, Dick Ebersole is quite as rich as I thought. Like I, I read that it was like 50 to 80 million he's made in his life. Like he's not worth like a billion dollars. So he didn't, he couldn't just give his kid a check for like $300 million. But they, they did not invest their own money. They tried to get OPM again because they knew it was a risky venture. And now it's like, he's, I would imagine it's all in the AAF LLC or incorporate. Like you're not going to be able to go after Charlie. Right. Well, but John, I remember what's the thing that has stuck with me. And I think I told you this, the, the Friday, the national championship game was on a Monday, the Friday before that game, I had dinner with a few people. And one of them was adamant that there was going to be a money issue with the AAF was adamant. And what, when did the AAF kick off the week after the Super Bowl? Okay, so so this is so I'm talking about like they, they the second week. Just, of, they were just trying to keep the momentum going. Remember? So I, I, so I'm talking about this, this. This person told me this the second week of January, basically, right? That's when the national championship was. So this is a, like five weeks before the league actually kicked off. Well, because they they started training camp like right after Christmas. And the point was like there are people who have not been paid. Like there is going to be a problem. I'm telling you, there's going to be a problem. I'm like, okay, I buy it. You know why I bought it? Because I'd worked in minor league arena football before, and th- these guys had much better TV deal than AF2 did. But remember, the AFL had a good TV deal. Like, they were on NBC. They yeah, were- the, the, the AFL in its prime was like on ESPN, ABC. It was, that was a real league. But I just yeah. remember the AF2 going, I remember it was like week to week. There were times where just, there were, was there going to be enough money to pay people? Like, I've just seen it. Like, football is, there has been one league, John, <laughs> that has stood the test of time. A- a- AFL had a is it still around or did it stop? The what? AFL, is that still around? I think it's a bankrupt, remember? Yeah, I thought it ended too. But they had a really good run. But my point is you tell me there's a football league and I will buy anything you tell me about whether or not that league can survive a full year. Just it's Well, well, well why is it so expensive, right? They had the most amount of people by a mile, the most amount of coaches. The traveling expenses are off the charts because you have to fly. And then when you fly, you got to stay. So you're, I mean, you're, you're your stadium, John, your stadiums stupid. are the biggest. Yeah, you got to maintain grass, maybe. Maybe you got turf. Your equipment is expensive. Your health insurance yeah. is a thing. You have to have – you have to pay for somewhere. Unlike these – like in basketball, you can just go to gyms and play. Like in football, you have to practice. So well, that means you got to rent out facilities. And you need attention. So you hire coaches that people have heard of. Well, those guys, like they're not just coming to work for free. What, what would you imagine like the Spurriers of the world that they paid them? I don't know. It's a good question. Do you think they made a million? I mean – so someone in the know that represents a coach, not his agent, but his financial manager, a coach that's going to be coaching in the XFL, told me the amount of money that this coach got, and this coach is pretty famous, was like two hundred fifty to three hundred grand. Okay. 
And this guy didn't necessarily need the money because I was like, ah, that's kind of small. But he's like, well, he really is only going to it's going to work 10 weeks. And he was kind of bored. He just wanted to do it. But that's still like you got 300 grand. Like, no way. Spurrier got 300 grand, right? What was you, the what would, I wouldn't think you had you would have to. What was the number? Has there been a number on Bob Stoops for the XFL? Hint, hint. It might be him. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> But I think Bob's is kind of Bob's is kind of cool. <laughs> My bad, <laughs> not being a good teammate. <laughs> well, I think I started thinking like I think there are only two coaches announced: Bob and uh, Pep Hamilton's one. But to me, Bob is Bob's. Uh, to me, there there are two guys on a different level. Like Spurrier is Steve Spurrier is one of the most famous coaches just ever. You know, just name recognition. If you follow football, you know who Steve. Like to me, Bob's on that level. Like Singletary's famous or whatever, but I wouldn't. To me, Spurrier's bigger. Now Singletary's a big, you know, he's a famous player, right? But you're talking about you're talking about a great coach. Like Spurrier was a great coach. Yeah, I'm just saying, like you got Bob Stoops, your coach, early, that's a big deal. Like to me, Steve Spurrier and Bob Stoops. Like I would, to me, if you're the XFL, I would hire Steve Spurrier, right? Because clearly he's down to do it. Did you see what he said? He's like, well, I guess we're the champs. Well, yeah, well, was his <laughs> team in first place? Yeah, he's like, well, he's like, we're seven and one. He's like, every, this team was seven and one. Team, yeah, he's like, the next best team's five and three. He's like, that's we're gonna be the champions of the league. That's right. <laughs> you should get t-shirts made up. That's right. But I, I, for as much as he was BSing, I, I do think he had a fair point. You convinced me of the world and the Phil Savages and the New Heisels to get in because we were promised some things that, again, Spurrier doesn't have idiots working for him, right? Whoever looked over, it's like, oh, this is pretty legit. This is going to be a three-year deal. Yeah, I, I don't think they got in. Not that they didn't know that the possibility of it failing, but I, I do think they believed in it because Polian's going, listen, we're going to be able to cultivate a relationship with the league. That's my job, and it's going to happen. The league basically placed me here. And I, I could see where if you're Spurrier, and it just shows you, and again, that's why I'm not saying Fry Festival or Enron, but there are similarities there that these – exorbitant promises were made by a kid and that's what he, i think he's like our age with has this name recognition but he's not as dead you know it's like i'm charlie ebersole so when steve hears that like okay we got an ebersole like that resonates with people you know in business well it turns out this guy was just over a skis guy because how how could you start a league without having the funding that, that to me is crazy and then you get in a position where you got to beg this guy to get involved and then it came out immediately like, well, this Dundon guy is now in charge. That's not ideally what you want. You know, you'd probably want multiple investors where it's kind of spread out and they like elect Charlie slash Polian to be the to be the brains. Because I kept reading yesterday like Charlie and Polian are not – and Polian even – I think released a statement yesterday. Like we're not on the same page as Tom Dundon. Well, the moment right. you sell – if you and I – if fucking Bud Light shows up tomorrow, it's like, hey guys, we'll give you a five-year deal at five hundred grand a year to be the number one sponsor. We're like, we're in. Well, what would happen probably, potentially, if they started being like, well, we want you to do this and this. Well, if we took their money, we kind of have to listen to them, right? Yeah, that's what happened uh, in the early stages of. I, I watched the uh, the 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 game show. Did I tell you about the game show documentary by Alex Trebek? No, it's pretty good. I mean, it's, you know, if you like, but it's kind of like, it's kind of inside. You got to like kind of enjoy it. It's not like some expose or anything. It's just kind of like he interviews all the great game show hosts. So, you know, you got to kind of be entertained by that. And I loved it. But like there was a point in the game show history where the sponsors started to have a little too much influence on like they wanted the best looking contest. They wanted just only good looking contestants. And they want, you know, like they wanted certain types of things. And finally, 
But again, uh, if you're going to take their the money, they, they get some influence. But the beauty was that they were doing such good ratings that they didn't they like the sponsors okay, needed money, to be we'll go get somewhere else. Yeah, and so it was like, okay, fine, well, Camel Lights, you'll maybe it was Marlboros at the time. But see, anyway. see, see, to me, my my analogy with Bud Light doesn't even make sense because they took so much. When you take 180 million or whatever he gave you that on that type level. This guy's got you by the balls. He can do whatever he wants. Well, I read, so the moment they took that cash guy, I don't know what. There's been you know different stories on what his motives were, gambling, whatever. No one really feels like has the facts. Yeah. But the moment they took that cash, he was in. He could fold the league. He could change it to a lingerie. He could do whatever the fuck he wanted. And right. that that to me is on them for selling it to them. Because that it was out of desperation. And, and again, why would you sell it if you didn't need the money? Well, because they, they needed the money, right? Yeah. I know there's something coming. I don't know if it's coming next year called the HBL, Historical Basketball League. And it's the idea is that they're going to be a league, an alternate for college athletes to play back, kind of what the XFL is trying to do. Um, and they've said, I saw one of their guys said yesterday that they have, that even if they don't make a dime, they have enough money for three years of the league. Well, see, I'll give another league kind of a little bit of credit. It feels like, you know what, they had some high-level guys. Ice Cube is clearly not a fraud, like knows what he's doing. Like the the big three, like is it great or not? But they – Ice Cube runs circles around Charlie Ebersol. Like they had a vision. They had a dream. They got the right business guys. They got these players that are kind of invested. They probably give them – whatever they do, It that's pretty impressive when you take a step back what they've done, right? Well, like that thing is coming – do you know where it's – It's partner? not only coming back, they've added some players. Who's their media partner for – do you know where it's going to get broadcast this year? Are they not back on Fox Sports 1? I don't think so. Maybe. I'm not positive, though. I, I, I actually just saw – I thought I saw a ad, some player they added. I was like, oh, that's guys. But again, I mean, it's like – the dude's like 40, but remember <laughs> – I mean, they were not fraudulent. Remember, they promised AI, but he just – he got hurt. He got hurt, yeah. Um. All right, John, speaking of hoops, the Warriors clinched a playoff spot. Is that what – Yeah, I mean, they're up – they're up two with five games left, but they have the tiebreaker, so they're basically up three. I mean, it's just in the Denver schedules, it's over. It was an unofficial clinching. So the Warriors unofficially clinch the West. It doesn't it feel like such a weird like we just look at the West, you go, okay, there's the Warriors. Let's see what the I feel like so many years you look at the two seats like, oh man, Houston or oh man, San Antonio's at the three, or oh man, like the Chris Paul Clippers. This year, what do you look at and really see? Guys, oh, it's like these playoffs. No LeBron, and the West is just Denver. Well, the, and the other problem is <clears throat> the Bucks have lost Brogdon. They lost oh, yeah. uh, what's his name, the European shooter, to a broken finger. The dude, we're, they traded Miritich. And we were waiting on the T Wolves. <clears throat> guess we'll keep waiting on that one. Yeah, I mean, I the, thought this the was Sixers, the year. The Sixers are kind of weird. The Celtics, like who, who, who's giving them a run? Like last yeah. night. You see Boogie after the game. I just saw the clip, like because everyone's blowing Jokic, like he's gonna be first team All NBA center. I mean Boogie fucking destroyed him. And then after when he was talking with Car- oh it was, it was Jason Terry players only, he's like you see him over there. Like Boogie's kind of like this guy's better than me. Like I just dropped twenty eight and twelve coming off a tournament. Like this this is all a joke. Like the Nuggets, see you, buddy. You might not even get out of the first round. To me, the only team that could possibly beat the Warriors is the Rockets. Maybe the Sixers, if they just absolutely came together and it was the perfect marriage, I'd bet against it. But, man, this... But that'd be the NBA Finals. 
that'd be yeah. The season is just. I I do understand, and you and I I think to begin with weren't anti Kevin Common here, but for the health of the league, it wasn't going to be a good thing. And I think a lot of people outside when you when you just tweet about it and you've got a guy that follows you or whatever that's not from the Bay Area, they're like yeah, it's fun for you. It sucks for us. Like it's not. It hasn't it. been great for the NBA. It's not. It's not a fair fight. It is. It, it'd be the equivalent of like. If like a major league baseball team had Bryce Harper, had Cody Bellinger, Manny Machado, Paul Gold. I mean, it's just it's really not fair, guy. Oh, and we got Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, and our fifth starters, Chris Sale. You know, it's just like God, you're just not gonna beat them. And that's what I think the Warriors have kind of like guy. They beyond coasted. They're gonna win 55, 56 games. They're gonna be the one seed again. They're gonna win the championship. But can I? I'm not. I'm not looking forward to them leaving. But I do think it would be healthy for the sport just to have him gone. I will say though, let's. I agree with Ke- that. Kevin, just, Kevin, that is. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I think you. Take I think away, I think it's a it's a foregone conclusion now. I think you take that away though. You take them away. Who who else are you watching that you think? You think about championship level teams the last <clears> twenty years. Who are you watching that you that that you just to you just like drips championship level team. The Raptors. I mean, like, I just mean in the oh, NBA, oh, like oh, Kevin Durant okay. and the world. Let's just say they don't exist. Is there some? There's not even like it's not just about them beating everybody else. It's just like, where's the other? Like the Spurs are not the Spurs. Okay, you, okay, had, you, you can go to, with Rockets. You can convince me Rockets. If if Guy Haberman had to put a thousand dollars down on the team you think's going to represent the East, who would you put it down? You had to do it. Um. Kawhi takes every other game off, guy. He's had a personal. No, it day. wouldn't be them. It w- he took a personal day, and he and he takes every other back to back. I mean, he took a fucking personal day. He is he sneaky. One of the biggest divas going in the NBA right now for someone that's like, oh, just Kawhi. What what is Kawhi's deal? If you're just quiet, you can convince people that you're a good person. <laughs> I don't know, maybe he is, but I just well, be, but being I'm just quiet. Saying, if, he, if he was James Harden or LeBron and doing the shit he was doing, he would get eviscerated. But he just doesn't say shit, so everyone's like, "God, what a weird guy." But no one really makes fun. He took a personal day, guy. After he gets, he's missed like 20 games this season. It's crazy what he's the last. He played nine games a year ago and did not show up at the playoffs. And even the team by the end was like, yeah, it's kind of chicken shit what he's doing. But no one, everyone's like, oh, he just doesn't say anything. So how are we supposed to rip him? It was like all-time all fran- all like, great if, franchise. Yeah, if he was Embiid or – I mean, he would get a – he'd lead like Stephen A. Smith show every day. But no one even talks about him. I'm, I'm with – but then I'm like – I don't know about you, but if you ever just end up on a Raptors game and he's not taking a personal day, you're like – this motherfucker is incredible. I mean, he dominates. His offensive game, sweet. He's kind of old school. He's kind of got like a little Kobe jump shot. That I can't. He's good. So it's like, what are you gonna do? Tell him not to take a personal day. But he's a. I'd probably go Milwaukee. But guy, their players are hurt. Yeah, I, I'd just, probably like... take, I'd probably take the Sixers, but I think their coach kind of sucks. But the Raptors. Here's the other way to part about the Raptors. He's not gonna take games off in the playoffs. You'd think. They're they're pretty good. They got like six maybe, guys. Maybe it would be their year to break through. The guy you could never sleep on because when he tries, he can just look like an all-star level player is is uh, Serge Ibaka because he can have moments where you're like, God, Serge Ibaka is one of the best players on the court. And he's like their fifth best player. Siakam guy's good. I'd pick the Raptors, but I don't feel good about it. 
again, you just wouldn't make that bet. I just this just goes back to like, and and this, I think it's probably it's part of your point on KD. Like it's just so hard. You can't convince me that at any point that the regular season matters for the Warriors. Um, but it's fun to see them play on a night where people think it matters for them because Thursday night was. I thought like they like there were so many. Especially Kevin had the the coast to coast dunk. Kevin had so many moments that were pretty sweet. The reaction for Antonio Brown sitting courtside. Does Antonio Brown have the brightest smile that you've ever seen? I'm telling you, guy, the last two weeks, if you've just followed Odell and Antonio, you'd be like, these are the two happiest guys in the league. They're they just, how does everyone not love them? Especially Antonio. You're like, this guy's in a great place. He's the only Raider player slash coach slash owner that flies private. Like, he does not take normal flights. Well, he, you know how he got there yesterday if you follow him on social media? His, do you guys have a uh, in front of your door like a welcome mat? We have one on the inside of the door. I, I need to get one of those. I've actually been thinking about looking in to get a personalized one. You know how you're talking about personalized license plate, thinking to get like a personalized like, be good to pe- you know, just something like inspirational quote. Just oh to yeah, gotta be yeah. unique. But he had one for his jet. That's just him catching a touchdown. And it's like two parts. It's one him catching a touchdown. And the other part just has like AB. It's, it's pretty outside, sweet. It's like at the bottom of the steps or on the at the bottom of the- where the steps come down from the jet. And it's and like Apollo and Otto were sitting there. Someone's got to pull that out and put it down. <laughs> yeah, it was just like this guy's a badass. But you're right. He's just happy as shit. Kevin did get tossed. The, the Warriors are sneaky, kind of nuts for being like an all time. I don't remember the Lakers in their hey hey day of Shaq and Kobe. Being just at any moment, like three Warriors can get tossed on a given game. Like legitimate, they treat the rest pretty shitty. Now, <laughs> I do think some of it's justified, but their guys are legit. I mean, borderline just cocksuckers to the rest. That's well, strong I, I thought everyone deserved to be fined for the way they acted the other night, and they did get fined. But I have, I, you and I have been mid-30s been watching the NBA like strong 20 years I don't know if I've ever quite seen a team run down openly point at the guy I've never seen no, moments I've never seen it and it's led by and I didn't problem. like it like, I think you could say Draymond can be an asshole to rest Boogie for sure Kevin has definitely had his moments Steph can be weird but he led the brigade I thought yeah like, I think there's a difference a- between flying off the handle in an emotional moment and taking an opportunity to mock an official. And then here's the other thing is like uh, officials are not supposed to allow their emotion in the game. Look, Which man, I agree with. I, I thought of course we, John, we all agree with that, but you start pointing at a guy's face. Then yeah. if like, I just, I can't blame. A, I cannot blame a human, even if they're trying to be objective when there is contact on a play that you don't want to, I just can't, I cannot, Guys, all bets are me, off when that happens. To me, point at the face is a complete undersell. He sprinted from baseline to baseline laughing. Iguodala jumping up like a 10 year old laughing. The entire team pointing. It, it was, I, I, I think there has never been a moment, probably at any level, that's quite approached what they did right there. You agree. You agree. You do that. And then whatever gets called on the next play is, is just that. You I do. But I'm also of you and I, I think view refs a little bit. I thought that those guys should have been suspended 
because I, I just that can't happen in that well, John, moment. But John, but why, John? We got all the young, we got all the youth in there. We got all the old guys out. I thought this is what we wanted. It was just young guys. No, I, I'm saying I'm saying suspend the referee like that. Suspend the referees. I know, I'm and just saying like the, the, the officials I, I were bad. They both, they both deserved. What I'm they, just saying the officials were bad. I thought we got these are all the young, inexperienced guys that we all want, that I thought everybody wanted. Get the old guys out. Get the olds out. Get the young guys in here. Fresh blood. We need some guys with quicker eyes, good eyesight. But, but again, to me, this th- their issue was not missing. It, it was personal vendettas. It, it was like it felt Donaghy ish. But again, I'm not saying they were fixing the no, game. No, but I'm just it saying just like, this is part of the deal. Like you get the young guys. It's just they don't quite know. It's just it gets emotional. Yeah, it was just, but again, you just yeah, I just just suspend them for a game or something and find the Warriors because the Warriors beyond crossing the line. I, I thought. I know Draymond. I guess I didn't see this. Did he have tweets where he like identified him? Well, no. He so he did a thing where the one guy he used his initials MK or whatever. Yeah. He just tweeted MK if that's the guy. I can't quite remember. And then he tweeted D- TD, and people you know was like, oh, he's connecting him to Donaghy. Okay. Oh, okay. That makes because I thought. Okay, that makes more sense because I'm like you know I think Steph deserves the biggest fine here, but if you bring Tim Donaghy in, then then yes, Draymond deserves the biggest fine because that that to me then. I'd argue this: suspend the rest for a game. To me, you could argue Draymond. You insinuating Tim Donaghy. One of the worst moment in the you you could you could suspend him for a game. I, I'm serious. Like you can't. But I, and I don't blame you for thinking that Draymond. But you cannot bring that up. It's just and bad that, for that's just that's what that's what yeah it's terrible for business. Bad for you, Draymond. That's why I thought that that even thought process came up because again it came up with John Middlecoff who's anti-ref. That probably everyone you could have you could have suspended Steph, Kevin, and Draymond, and suspended the rest. I, that would have been fair to me. Is this? But but I, I also think this whole thing feeds back to what we started this conversation with, which is, is this the most sure you've been about a championship in this era, I, in the Kevin Durant Warriors era? Because they pretty pretty, pretty sure last year too. Yeah. No. I but. I'm just asking. But like, I, I was wrong. Like, the Rockets were actually pretty good. Yeah, and I'm not saying we there's not something crazy that could happen this year. Who knows? But I'm just saying, this I, to I me do, feels yeah, like think, the most sure I've been about this team winning a championship in this Durant era, and I've been pretty sure every year. Well, to so, me, And yeah, I think the, they feel that way, too. Is the well, point to me, I mean. now the curveball is their fifth-best player at any moment can drop 30-10 and 10 in Boogie Cousins. Like, so it's like, okay, Steph rolled his ankle, is going to miss four games. Well, and, like, like, they okay, got Bo- like, they got a guy who's played in the, like, they Bogut oh, suddenly is on the team. Who's not bad. I, yeah, I think he's already hurt, though. But he's he, maintained he looks- his tan. That's a deep super- tan. He looks fantastic. To, to me, isn't that the easiest decision he's ever made? Like, hey, Andrew, you want to come back and just win another ring? He's like, fuck it, yeah. When do we need me there? To me, the only thing that probably held him back was like, you mean I got to, because he had to fly to Canada to get a visa? Underrated part, he's like just, how what's he doing? He's like, what's he no, going to retire? He did, but underrated part, just how difficult it can be for professional athletes to obtain that visa. Yeah, I, I remember we went through it for Danny Watkins. It was just like, I thought you just make a call, and get it done. It's hard, even when you know people, it's a difficult process. It makes you stick with somebody longer than you should, maybe just because you, you know you put in so much work to to get them. That's <laughs> in professionally, not just sports. Even when they're the, you know, worst employee you've ever seen. Yeah, or boss. Uh, is A-Rod's smile brighter than Antonio Brown's? I would put A-B above, I think. Cause, but I feel like A-B is a little more genuine. Yeah. Is he a fat, fake ha- happy guy? Because it felt like he was angry sometimes in Pittsburgh. Maybe it was just Ben. I don't know. It's hard to say. I've, I've you know, he's figured- a human, John. He's, he's emotional swings. 
you do you expect an AB blow up this fall? Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know about a blow up, but just something like something's gonna right. It's not gonna be smooth sailing the whole year. You agree? I mean, I, that's, what again, you that's what we signed up for. That's what we <laughs> signed up for. Yes, <laughs> all of but us. That's, but and the Raiders signed up for it too. Like they, yeah, we and them up, right? together. Like, are you expecting him and Gruden to have a out on the sideline, maybe? Uh, or him and uh, Greg Olson, maybe. Yeah, just something. Him and I mean, remember Derek had a couple last year with Gruden. They got into it. Because again, Gruden just gets into it with people because he's angry and he's a nutty. That's true. So yeah, I mean, Gruden will, Gruden will snap. How about Bryce Harper acting uh, unfazed by the booing yesterday? Like, no, I didn't. I wasn't bothered by the booing. Which, of course, of course, you were, and that's okay. It's okay. How long did the Nationals? Did the Nationals exist before the Nationals came back? Well, the Senators existed decades ago, okay. and yeah, then, the, then it, and then the Expos became the Nationals. The Senators were, did not become the Expos. The Senators became. Maybe they went to. They eventually became the Colt 45s. What's that? They go, Baltimore was separate, always the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, different different organization. So the Washington D.C. area Minnesota, had not the Washington D.C. area had not had a baseball team for decades, right? Correct. And the Nationals came in what, like the early 2000s, mid 2000s? They're not that old, right? Yeah, correct. twenty years early, maybe. Yeah, he's easily the most famous player of this generation. Is it fair to say? I mean, of 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 the Nationals franchise, he. I don't want to say – I thought he kind of put him on the map. Now, I, I get they never won a playoff series, but he's he was very, very important to their franchise, right? I mean, him and Strasburg, you would say, were – But I'd say he's been – he's done more. I mean, one yeah. MVP. But I'm just saying, like, he's on the short list of just their great stars. So, yes, he's been – And I and I always – he was like a, he was he was Zion. He was LeBron. He was I mean yeah. Zion's not fair. It's, it was he was he, he was he was a bigger deal than Strasburg to me because Strasburg was a college. No, no, no player. question. Probably. Yeah, there's no. He was LeBron. I I I do think, and I try to put myself. I, I get booing him, and I get where the fans come from. But I try to put myself. If I was a diehard Nationals fan, I'd, I'd be mad at him. I I don't know. And if I was at the game, now it's so goddamn cold. You know, it was raining. I don't know if I'd boo. You know, even if I just was a fanboy, I, I don't know. I, I just I thought that was again. I'm not expecting you to cheer. I guess you got to make some noise. Now I get cheering when Strasburg strikes him out. I got no problem with that. But the 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 boos were really loud in AB one, like legit loud. Yeah, yeah. I I I, I don't get the. I, I mean, I get it. I wouldn't have booed either. Um, I also think part of it. It's not like he was. You know, I think his time there, especially like, was a little complicated anyway. Just like I don't know that the whole fa- the fact that I don't think the fan base like loved him universally to begin with. By the end, there were you know is he running hard? Is he likable in the club? There was just well, all v- other- very fair if you're a fan to think he was a little overrated. Yeah, so there was that. Now I will say once the article comes out that says the contract offer was going to pay him through his age 85 season, that's where it's not you on him. It was, it was 2050. No, it was the second offer. That was the first. The second offer was 2072. Was that the offer that they gave him in the clubhouse? No, during that the game? was that was the offer you're talking about. That was 300 million. The second offer was lower than 300 and paid him through 2072. So yeah, to me that's offer soup. What, what, where do you personally stand on the offer mid-game rainout? I think it's cool, especially if you, you end don't? up signing him. I think it's a cool story. 
Like, I don't get, is there some, is there a problem with it that I'm missing? I, I don't know. I didn't really have a take. I just, my favorite part of that article was like the learner sent John Williamson, their right hand money guy that is, that runs their, like that guy's got some stories. You know, the guy that went and got him at the, they got him at the, uh, his locker, you know, in between a rain out and said, Hey, come to Dave Williams or Davey Lopes or whoever. David Martinez, a lot of Davies in baseball office. And he walks yeah. in there and yeah. it's the kid, the dad, right? Yeah. Hand him an envelope and then yeah. he texts his wife and they meet, you know, and like after the, the game gets called. So that he still, he doesn't open the envelope. Then the game gets called. Then, so he doesn't open it right away. It's like, one of his teammates office. like, bro, open that shit up. Uh, yeah. Maybe he slipped it in his pocket. It's a good question. To me, you don't walk through the clubhouse with that thing like in your hand. You got to put it in your back pocket. Yeah, because I, I heard a caller on Russo yesterday had a good. He thought it was kind of. He's a diehard Nationals fan, and he just thought it was kind of a chicken shit move by the national owner. It just puts him in a weird spot. Just handle I, it, it normally it, like business. Yeah, I get it. It does put him in a weird spot. I, it does seem like he had a good relationship with the owner. Clearly liked him a lot. And yeah, they clearly had a good relationship. And so to me, it's kind of it fault. I inter. It fell in the category of you know what you want, you go, you just go. Like we're gonna make this happen right now, not like and right they, now, like sign it right here on the table. But before you walk out of this clubhouse, we're gonna show you that we want you, and this is so how ba- bad we want you. So I, I, I do think a lot of people listening probably didn't read that article. They basically just got him during the middle of a rainout. The money guy grabs him, takes him to the owner. The owner hands him a slip with his kid, who's like, is that the team president or whatever? And the offer was. Wasn't it two hundred fifty million? It was like ten years. Three, it was ten years, three hundred million. But there were deferment. It didn't. It wasn't all like you yeah. just get it paid. But I guess Bryce John, also said that he read it and was like, "God, this is a pretty legit offer." Like he he was not offended or anything. No, but he but he was also like, "I'm not signing this. This is just a great place to start." But then the Nats claimed that they didn't hear from Boris for two months. But I thought that they flew down to Palm Springs. Because it was the one place that he flew in that article so, to meet with them. So and they, that was where your 2072 number came from. Well, so there eventually was another meeting, him and his wife and Lerner and his wife. And they're like, we're going to – we want to get this done. And then the next offer comes and it's a lower offer. Do you think he's kind of rewriting history or he's telling the truth on this stuff? I, You know, I don't know. Because I in there he said he know. never wanted to play on the West Coast. So like were the Giants wasting their time? He, I mean, that was a quote from him. Yeah, in the I, I love my family, but I don't want to be that close to Vegas. And I love that Sunday night baseball is a big deal on the East Coast. And I could, I could see. That. I thought it was pretty believable. Like his quote, I was like, God, did the Giants kind of get played here? And the Dodgers, yeah. I but could, the Dodgers weren't getting played because they were only offered him four for one fifty, so they didn't. Oh right, you know, they that, leave because it. that's right. When 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 Boris called him to say at nine a.m. Vegas time and woke him up and said, "We've got to deal with the Phillies." Boris had not heard. He was still waiting to hear back from the Giants. Well, because the Giants basically helped up the Phillies offer a little bit, well, right? That's, that's kind of, yeah, to your point. Well, the Dodgers the Phillies. Like, but, well, you haven't heard back from the Giants yet, Scott. That's, yeah. <laughs> it feels like the Giants got played a little bit. But I, I, to get $330 million in that market, and we've talked about the pressure it'll take off Wentz, clearly there's a lot of just buzz on Bryce right now. Because if you're a Philly fan, like you were just there, I bet a couple days later he's hit multiple home runs. How many Philly jerseys do you think today are being walked around in like downtown Philly just – I mean, that's a big fuck. You got Bryce Harper. He's just hitting bombs. This guy is, I, I thought, it's a great start. you watched that first game. Like, God, it's going to be difficult. He's the pressure so you didn't, to get the monkey off his back on the, on the first home run of the game you were at. And then last night to hit it in national, uh, his home debut, or I guess road debut as a opposing player. I don't think it could have gone much better. I, well, game, he could have gotten that home run off of Scherzer instead of Jeremy Hellickson. 
with all yes yeah, but i mean i mean scherzer's the best pitcher he got struck out it happens well no doubt i'm just saying so you you thought the bat i just thought i had no problem with the bat flip i just thought you'd like a little more air i think that bat had a little more top spin on it than he expected yeah i let the kids play <laughs> absolutely let the kids play i uh, what what was uh oh i recall because costas they sent costas and smolt yeah <laughs> to do the game last night i thought smolt had a good point he's like but never faced each other. This guy's been his teammate now forever and kind of knows, like, it's a unique spot for Scherzer to be able to know what to take advantage of him because he's just – he knows him better than anyone else. Right. It's not like and, Bryce was a catcher who caught him. Yeah, and he's never faced him, but he's watched him play forever. Like, this is advantage Scherzer. For sure. You know? yep. And he got him pretty good. And it was – I thought it was a cool moment when, when he struck him out because now Scherzer is now their Bryce – you and I, we love Mac. Max Scherzer's a badass. He's yeah. just a nut job. Maybe my favorite. Yeah, one of them. Little 5'11 guy walking around. It's just like, looks like he's on crack cocaine. If you ever see him live before a game, you're like, this guy just looks crazy. Like, if, if just Wait, who are you talking about? Out, Matt Scherzer? He's not 5'11. He's not very big. I mean, he's over, he's 6'2 at least. I felt like he walked by me and he was short. When he walked by me. Maybe he's six foot. But he, I always thought he was like six, like Verlander. He's not huge. I thought he was like 5'11", 6 foot. No, no. Because I remember him walking by me, and he, I did not feel he was that big. But Verlander's really tall. Well, that's what – but I'm just saying, I I don't know. I, I would go under 6'2". He might be listed as 6'2", but I, I thought he was like closer to 6. I, I thought he was like 5'11". I feel like he's smaller. You have a verified metrics? Uh, let's see here. Baseball reference says 6'3". Okay, so maybe I'm. So maybe he's six, you know, almost six two, but he's not five eleven. Yeah, but he's not like Degrom or Syndergaard. He's not huge. I I swear to God, guy, I eyeballed him. I thought he was smaller, but either way, he's crazy. And if a brawl broke out, like a legitimate, just no holds bar, he'd be the first to grab a bat and start breaking me. Like he's crazy. And would you think that if both his eyes were the same color? Are they not the same color? Scherzer? Yeah. No, one's blue and one's brown. It naturally happened, right? Yeah. It wasn't. He didn't do it. <laughs> but I just remember him kind of walking by me one time at a Giants game, and he was just kind of, his movements were just kind of weird. It's like, this guy's nut job. Yeah, yeah. He does have a <laughs> kind of a just unpredictable gait. Yeah, I, just, I, I couldn't quite get a vibe on him. I was like, I just I, – I keep my head on a swivel around this cat. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it was just a cool moment. But Harper, to me, is just – I mean, the, the Angels can't win a game to save their life. So he's made all this money. He's on, He couldn't be on a more relevant team guy, Mike Trout. This guy's the rock star of the league right now. I mean, he's going to be the story of the league. He's kind of like – feels like he's going to hit 50 home runs. I'm not trying to get ahead of myself because, I mean, Chris Davis has a home run a game. I mean, he's on pace for like 160. Oh. So Cody Bellinger, I think, is five. He's on pace. Both those two guys. I mean, if you, you go through slumps. But if you had to go over under right now, 45 and a half for Bryce – wonder what the number is. Um, it feels like, I mean, at this point, he's got three. So and it's, and it's cold. Imagine when it heats and up. his ballpark is great. Good luck to our guy tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. I don't know if he's in the starting lineup tomorrow, John, but the, the River Cats and Steven Vogt make, you know, open the season April 4th. So Starting catcher? I don't know. I haven't followed it closely enough. But I mean, I you know, not all these guys are going to hit 50 home runs, right? Cody, Chris Davis, Bryce. Some of these guys are going to quiet down, you'd think. Sure doesn't feel like it. I mean, Cody Bellinger hit a bombski. Off, oh my uh, god, that was one of those like, oh, all right, I can change the channel. Then they had a comeback almost. Bryce just hit one off the. I mean, I'm watching the Philly game right now. Bryce just 
Bryce looks fantastic, bro. Yeah, it's on MLB Network. But Chris Davis right now hits bombskis too. I mean, just bombs. And again, in a in like a park where people don't really hit a bunch of bombs. Would you say that the Coliseum is, if you just had to compare the Coliseum to AT and T, is Coliseum more of a hitter's park? Again, they're all they're both pitchers parks, but it's aren't they both I considered mean, I, kind of the same. Yeah, I mean it's more of a hitter's park, but AT and T is like one of the best pitchers parks. But it's not like it's cold, it's windy. The Coliseum. Yeah, like it's not a hitter's how, how did, park. How do they consistently get guys to hit home runs? Well, it's a. I think it's a. It's better than AT and T. And don't you think the wind is not as bad because of the opening in the by the water for AT and T with the Coliseum? I, I, it does an ex- I think maybe you get a little bit of a swirl in the Coliseum. I mean, I it. But it, it gets you spend a lot cold. of summer nights there. It gets cold, and right? it gets windy. Yeah, like you don't not bring a jacket just because it's July. Correct. As soon as the but sun goes co- down, it is colder at AT and T, but it's probably pretty similar, I guess. Yeah, yeah I, I just think. If I had to put my money down right now, well, I guess Ed Yelich is. Have you seen him? Oh, I mean, yeah. He's like, there's a lot of good players going right. Let the kids play, guy. I can't believe that you even had an opinion on the bats. Like, that's what we want. I'm just saying it's it, it's not that I didn't like it. it I, I People are acting like it was a 10.0 bat flip. To me, it was like a six. The one Over thing rotation, about, though, no height. When I think about Bryce. Over rotated. For as awesome as Bryce is right now. Like you got a long way to go, you know. Like it's like, yeah, yeah. It's just like it's fun and it's sweet, but it's like this is the ultimate. If this was the equivalent of a marriage, they haven't even got on the plane to the honeymoon yet, right? They're still like the. You could argue they're still at the wedding. They're at the vows. I mean, yeah, they are. Hell, they may be just. They may be still dating. Or no, you know? They're literally like we've had the vows because he did sign, but they, he's not just like turned, taking one step down the aisle. It's like, oh, nice yeah, first step, didn't you? Yeah, he probably hasn't even you know put his fork in his chicken or meat yet. So just you got a long way to go. But again, it's a little Barry Zito ish. Good start, But you just you just win. if they were to win a championship, which they're going to be in the mix, he'll be a. Uh, would he be a bigger legend if he takes his money, helps Philly to their first championship, than he would have been if he would have gone to the Giants and helped them win a championship because they've already just won three? Yes, although I will say, like, to me the difference would be, for the Giants, they have not they have not landed a free agent hitter in this ballpark, like a true star slugger in this park. So it would he would be pretty unique. He to me he he would have been very unique. You probably argue he would have been a bigger deal with the Dodgers if he would have helped them win a World Series because they, they haven't won a World Series. Yeah, but they're so they like they've got stars in their prime right now. The Giants, it'd be like you just salvaged the end of like the Posey. You just like extended that era. I he had done it. And here's the other thing to that: like people talk about the Phillies, like they haven't won a World Series in 45 years. Yeah, they won a not. They went to back to back ten years, like a decade. <laughs> like it's not like if Bryce can deliver. Like, well, I mean, well, yeah. Yeah, but... funny as I text with my buddy that's you know. Dire Philly fan, he's like, I think this lineup might be better than the one we had in 09. Like, that's what they're comparing it to when they had like three MVPs oh, on you the mean team. the year, like, the, the last time they were in the World Series, Roy Holiday was like, they had a guy that threw a, a no hitter in the postseason. Yeah, do was, you know they, they had this number two guy named Cliff Lee. I think their number three guy was Cole Hamels. They had like a combined $700 million pitching staff. Yeah, they're not, they're and not they're the in, Eagles. Their infield was worth like $600 million. I mean, it was just, their team was good. They had this guy. They're like, yeah, should we re-sign Jason Worth in his prime? They're like, no, let him go. They had the flying Hawaiian. I mean, their team was 
Their team Ryan was really Howard. Good. Heard of him? Well, yeah, Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins. Shane Victorino. Yeah, Chooch, the, the catcher, who was pr- Ruiz, who's pretty good. It was like a 7-8 hitter. They had Jason Worth a couple years before he went to the Nationals, who got $140 million. They were good. I mean, they were, they were really fucking good. And they had, like, I mean, an elite manager. Did they have Billy Wagner? What, was Billy Wagner on one of those teams? No, they, they got uh, the hot, not Hodge. What was the guy's, the the closer for the A's back in the day? Billy Polk? Koch? Oh, Billy Keith Polk. Polk. Yeah, they had something like that. Their starting pitcher was just. Close that for the Red Sox, that guy? I can't remember who they're closing. Yeah, was. well, that, Madsen was a starter, and they moved him to a reliever is what happened. Their, their, their bullpen was kind of the question mark. Because they, the big deal I remember when I first moved there, should they trade Doug Drabeck's kid for Roy Halladay? Right. And they're like, the let's just do it. Absolutely, it like, yes. Oh, yeah, it worked. Oh, do you know who they got like the second year was they traded for Roy Oswald? Oh, so that's they, right. They, they, they had Roy Halladay. It was, remember, it was on the front page of uh, Sports Illustrated. Roy Halladay, they re signed Cliff Lee. Cole Hamels took the $130 million, and then they traded midseason for Roy Oswald. So that oh, was the John. I can't, okay, so they had so yes, the years before. So they had Billy Wagner, then they had Flash Gordon, then they had Brett Myers, like, but he was on the World Series. Oh, uh, Brad Lidge, Brad Lidge. Brad, that's what I was thinking. The guy that gave up the home run to Pools. Yeah. Right. You remember that home run? Still, I think it's still flying. The one on the train tracks. Didn't it go over the train tracks? Yeah, or over the train tracks. All right, lunchtime. Oh, fuck, starving. Go get it. Peace. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.